Hi there. Welcome back to the Purpose Map Podcast. I'm Casey Berglund, your host and the founder of Worthy and Well. And I am so glad that you're here for this conversation about sex, sexuality, intimacy, love. I've been wanting to speak about this for quite some time because of the connection between sex and sexuality in our experiences and embodiment. I feel like experiences in sex and experiences or exploratory journeys around sexuality have the opportunity to help you go deeper into your body and deeper into an embodied experience or traumatizing experiences in sex and sexuality can actually make you more disembodied. And so this topic is really important. And typically this would be a solo episode week, but I decided to sit down with my dear, dear friend, Jean Noonan, to have this conversation with her. She and I talk all the time. Uh, We share our lives with each other consistently. She's one of my dearest pals. Uh, She's Irish, has a beautiful accent, and I can't wait wait for you to meet her if you haven't already. Um, And we've been sharing behind the scenes about our own journeys with exploring our sexuality and sex and intimacy and partnerships and all of this stuff. And I thought that she would be the perfect person to bring onto the podcast for a conversation, just a raw, honest, authentic conversation. Because the topic of sex and sexuality can be triggering, um, you know, any of the episodes here on the Purpose Map podcast can be triggering. I just want to encourage you to let your body lead, to pay attention to how you feel, to take care of yourself, to practice self-care, and to be open and step into this conversation with the willingness to receive some bit of healing and or wisdom. I'm not going to talk too long because this conversation is too good to spend too much time getting to, (laughs) but before we dig in, one little reminder. Actually, this might be the first time I'm sharing this with you, dear podcast listener. On January 2nd, it is a new moon, and I am facilitating a day retreat for you for free. In this day retreat, you will gather online with your fellow people, uh, friends, maybe strangers turned friends, people from the Worthy Mall community. We will be gathering together and I will be guiding you into a like restful, restorative journey into your own body and into your own desires and truths. And then taking you through a process to help you get clear about what you want to call in for 2022. We'll be using the Purpose Map Framework as a guide and integrating the Let Your Body Lead method in our day retreat. I used to run these day retreats live in person for about $500 for the whole day. And I'm offering this to you for free. Um, It will be two kind of 90-minute bouts, uh, but set up in a way that will help you feel like you truly are retreating and setting yourself up for a beautiful, beautiful 2022. So the link to register is connected to this podcast. It's in the show notes. I would love for you to say yes to yourself and join me and other community members for a beautiful connecting time together to set up your 2022. Okay, without further ado, welcome into our conversation. 
All right, Jeannie, I'm so excited. Let's start. I'm going to pull a card from the Divine Feminine Oracle deck for us today before we dig into conversation. What do you think of that? Yes, let's go. All right. Just giving them a little shuffle here. So we are gathering together, the two of us, to talk about love, sex, sexuality, to have just like an open conversation. Two friends, you know, like we're not really experts on this stuff outside of our own experience, right? Yeah, I think that in a way makes us... Makes us yeah, experts. We're, we're, we're currently deep in exploration. So we're the probably the most in-tune scientists you have. <laughs> Oh, I love this. Says the says the former chemist, hey, in yeah. scientists. Okay, let me cut this deck. All right. The card that I pulled is Mary Magdalene, the <gasps> apostle. The apostle to the apostles. Tell me about that. <gasps> so she's been coming up so much for me right now. And I played her in a school play when I was 12. And I took the role so seriously. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me more. Tell me more. So in, in Ireland, anywhere, in Catholicism, she's considered like the whore. But actually, she she was the divine feminine. Um, and she mocked Jesus's brow when he was on the crucifix in, in a very dra- dramatically displayed version in my school play anyway. <laughs> Oh my um, gosh. And yeah, like she was kind of, um, from my understanding, like unfortunately branded as the whore when actually she was the one who was completely liberated and free. So I, I feel like she's my homegirl, you know? <laughs> yes. It's interesting. I also have a connection with Mary Magdalene. I also grew up Catholic and definitely did not uh was not taught to see mary magdalene in a positive light and then i discovered um megan watterson who is the creator of this divine feminine deck but megan watterson also wrote a book called magdalene revealed and it's about mary magdalene's scriptures that were torn and buried and when i read magdalene revealed i wept because to me the whole book was about letting your body lead. It was about uh, how original sin isn't really a thing and that we're born love and born in the image of God and that our bodies are sacred. The female body is sacred. Oh, I've I've tingles everywhere, everywhere. (laughs) So I have the reading from Mary Magdalene open. Here's what it says. The apostle to the apostles. I am the bridge between heaven and earth. I am fully human and fully divine. Now, Jeannie, should I read the history of Mary Magdalene and when your soul selects this card or just the, the latter part? I think the history, because we both just kind of touched on it a little. I think that would be ag- really interesting. Totally. That gave me truth tingles. Yeah. Okay. Who she is. Mary Magdalene embodies the capacity we all have to merge with the soul and receive divine guidance through a love that never ends. Mary was born in the first century in Magdala, Israel. She was the first to witness the resurrection, and for this reason is revered in Christianity as the Apostle to the Apostles. In The Meaning of Mary Magdalene, author and Episcopal priest Cynthia Bourgeau—sorry, Cynthia, if I butchered your name— relates that the Gospels of Thomas, Philip, and Mary Magdalene all reveal Mary not only as Jesus' beloved companion— Quinonos, 
but also as an equal partner in teaching and transmission. Borgo believed that Mary Magdalene's gospel contains a secret teaching that Christ gave to Mary so that she could pass so that she could pass through the seven stages to reach the soul or the new, which is the highest point of the soul. And it is this union with her soul that allows Mary to see the risen Christ. In classic iconography, iconography, Mary Magdalene is associated with an egg and the color red because of an Eastern Orthodox legend. It says that she used an egg to teach the court of Tiberius Caesar about resurrection. Caesar doubted her and responded that a person could no more rise from the dead than the egg in her hand turn red. The egg turned red immediately. Legends relate that Mary then traveled to the south of France to escape persecution and to continue her ministry. It is believed she lived the last 30 years of her life in the caves of St. Baum, where she met with Christ with a love that inhabits the human heart but lives on beyond it. When your soul selects her card, Mary Magdalene represents the fierce, unwavering love that we all have access to within our own vulnerable hearts. It's a love that renders all things sacred, from the animals to the angels, from the poorest to the most powerful. It's a love that sees the inherent worth of all things, and it's a love that remains even, though the, even through the darkest times, even through death. Her love is the one that resurrects. The Gospel of Mary Magdalene relates that Jesus came to unite us, to demonstrate to us a true human being, an athropo, meaning a person who is both fully human and fully divine. This is what Mary became, and it's why she was so beloved to Jesus. She didn't seek to follow him. She sought instead to become her true self. Mary Magdalene reminds us that we have the power to receive vision from within. We are worthy of such proximity to the divine because that's the other half of what it means to be truly human. She reminds us that there's a bridge between heaven and earth and that we are that bridge. And she wants us to remember that the truest church we can ever enter is in the heart. This is where our true power rests and where love never ends. Soul Voice Meditation Where has my love not yet reached? Intention I am the bridge between heaven and earth. I am fully human and fully divine. No mention of a whore in that reading. <laughs> no, and this is it. This is the um, often toxic view of people who are liberated and free. You know, whether mm. it be with their love or their sexuality or their, um, yeah, anything. Often it's feared and therefore re-scripted and rebranded to something negative or to something that fits within a patriarchal norm yes absolutely yeah wow so hearing that card what does that bring up for you uh that maybe connects back to this topic of love and feminine power and female sexuality oh oh there's so much it was so rich um I suppose that the equal bit really resonated with me, not just from the point of view that, um, you know, that like Jesus and her were equal, but more from the point of view of within us all, there are these two 
often sometimes seen as polar energies, you know, call it masculine, feminine, yin, yang, um, whatever terminology, sun and the moon. Um, and that's so often we focus on just one, which the Catholic Church or the Christian Church in general has focused on Jesus um, or Christ. And that when you can really explore them both in harmony, that's when the magic happens. You know, the bit where it's like she went and lived in the caves with Jesus, her true love, you know. Um, yeah, it's like mm. you could use that as an analogy and perhaps that's what it was of, you know, retreating within and finding yourself and literally being so satisfied with that deep internal love because it's limitless, you know. Oh my goodness. Yes. Okay. We need to come back to this piece around finding yourself and being like satisfied with that deep internal love. I want you to speak more about that. And to your point about like yin, yang, masculine, feminine, these like polarities, I really, what really strikes me every time I pull that card is the fully human, fully divine humanity mm. and divinity. You know, I think in some, even in our yogic training in t at times genie i remember feeling like oh gosh do you remember last time we were in india and i went to that satsang with the guru oh. and he kind of shamed me in front of everyone you weren't there but i think i told you about it where where we were talking about how everything is one like everything is divine but then he was speaking about a certain yogic scripture and sort of saying without well, no, pretty overtly talking about how the body and the senses are not real, like it's an illusion. And I asked this question about like, but if it's all one, like, is it not true that then the body is, is as sacred or is as divine? And he kind of shut the question down, you know? And, and I think what I resonate with in this card is like, fully human and fully divine, not this or that. It's like, what's the point of being in these bodies if it's not for a purpose? And if humanity isn't also as divine as when we like pass into another state, you know? Oh, absolutely. Um, uh, yeah, uh, there's so much to that. And there's probably many reasons why he shut you down. And, and I know you know this, but they're all his, you know, and you probably asked a very wise question that he wasn't able to answer um which we won't dwell on that now um no <laughs> but something i've been really like diving into lately um for me is where sacredness and uh science meet actually and mm. you know being a chemist and having studied literally how electrons within atoms work you know like down to our most fundamental makeup I can tell you, mm -hmm. you know, the speed of light and all of these things. And like when you study that, there's a moment when you start to be an atheist because you just see all of this practical science. Um, mm -hmm. And I feel like I've come full circle right around to the fact that there is no way that this physical human body with all of its complexities, if you do actually study it atom by atom, there is no way that this isn't a divine miracle. This this skin mm. suit, as my friend called it, this body, you know. Um, so we are human and divine because mm. this is our human experience, but we're living it in an absolute divine miracle, a sacred 
gift we've been given to experience this body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In all of what this body holds, you know, regardless of uh, like sex at birth, regardless of, you know, I, I, this is maybe uh, ignorant of me, but I, about a year or two ago, I was like, what does the I stand for in the LGBTQIA acronym? Mm. And I didn't know. And I learned that it means intersex, mm-hmm. which is people who are born with, um, and and pardon me because I'm not an expert at this, but both like sex organs, you know? And And it's like, how is that not also divine? Mm-hmm. And how is our experience of our bodies and our way of relating with our gender um, also how is that not divine? And how is it not divine to experience a larger body versus a smaller body? Like, I think when I think about it that way, it's like people in whatever suit, skin suit they come in, it is divine. It's purposeful. And what if we, what if we were able to like kind of smash systems of oppression and be able to come back to that truth of the divinity in the diversity, you know? Ah, oh, beautiful. This is something that I, I love how we have not planned this. Um, spoiler. And I love how so much of what you're saying is actually so relevant in my life right now. Um, I was in a nightclub recently. Um, and yeah, you were. It, I was. And it was, it was a, I got to use the term a gay club, but let's say LGBTQIA plus friendly club. And I was in the bathroom and this very, and these are her words, very masculine presenting uh, female um, said to me, um, can, I, can I ask you a question? And I said, yeah. And she said, you're incredibly feminine. Have you always felt that way? And it really mm. took me aback and I kind of had to take a moment and think. And like straight away, this big smile came across my face and I said, actually, I have. Because, you know, I, I can't imagine what it's like for someone who um, was assigned a gender at birth that they don't connect to. Mm-hmm. Um, but having never actually asked myself that question, when she asked me that question, I really deeply felt into it. And mm-hmm. it was a big yes. Um, and then the two of us proceeded to talk about um, how I also have a lot of masculine energy and how much I adored that part too um, and yes. how they play together. And um, I think for her, and again, they're, they're her pronouns, I asked her, um, she had been shunning the very feminine side of herself because she had some experiences where she was told feminine, she was negative or you know, she'd been connecting to maybe not so healthy feminine traits. And we had this like 40 minute chat um, all about our connection to healthy and non-healthy feminine masculine energies. And the funniest thing about it was, just to bring it back on track, um, as I came out of the bathroom, my friends all went, way, because they thought I'd been like cooking up with someone. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I was like, no, oh, no, just talking about sacred femininity and masculinity. And they were like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I love that, Jeannie. Ooh. Oh, so good. So good. Um, okay. I want to start by 
inviting, you know, I know you know this, but, and maybe this is more for me, this topic of like sex and sexuality, um, it can, it feels a bit edgy for me in a public capacity. Like you and I talk about it all the time mm-hmm. behind the scenes. And obviously this is a recorded podcast. And so uh, what I wanted to say is like, please honor your own boundaries around what you feel called to share publicly and what you don't. I sometimes get caught up in like curiosity and asking questions and like rolling with it. And maybe that's just a comment for my own self too, of like being mindful of my own edges and attuning to my own body around what I'm comfortable sharing publicly or not around this topic that I haven't been vocal about, but that I think is like really, really fucking important, especially considering how um, I think oppressed females, people who identify as women, people who have vulvas are in their exploration of like pleasure and sexuality. And so I invite you to have whatever boundaries you need because I want to ask some really curious questions. But like what what comments do you maybe have about that before we even dig into some of those curious questions? Anything you need to feel like safe to have this amazing conversation? Oh, well, just the fact that you've thought about that makes me feel safe already. And I kind of would have taken that as a given because we are so close and I know you wouldn't, um, you know, disrespect me in any of the questions or anything like that. But even when we're, you know, get, I was walking the dog this evening before we came on the call and I was like, what do I want to talk about? And just straight away, every part of my body and, and soul was like, just be yourself because mm-hmm. if I get too much into my head of what's this going to mean for my business and what if someone who's you know really repressed listens to it and thinks I'm sort of sex addict and da, 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 and then I was like that's their journey not mine and I've, I've totally. been quiet enough for too long and you know I will of course honor my boundaries and, and like I said you you even considering that makes me already feel safe um, mm-hmm. and yeah I'd love you to do the same um, mm-hmm. but I also feel like talking about something mindfully with reverence very, mm-hmm. very, very rarely leads to uh, any negative issues. And mm-hmm. I wish little Jeannie, when she was 16 and figuring shit out, could hear a conversation like this, you know, so if, uh, yeah. if I'm not doing it for for adult Jeannie, I'm doing it for for 16 year old Jeannie. <laughs> Or maybe oh, even I, GP. <laughs> I so hear you. I um I I I think last year I picked up the book Vagina by Naomi Wolf. And I picked it up because two male uh past lovers of mine had read that book. And it just so happened. I mean, I think there's a good reason why. I had a completely different experience with each of them compared to other um, sexual encounters with other people. And I think it was because of their awareness of, they had more awareness than I did about female pleasure to an extent. They did and they didn't. Obviously, I have lived experience, but the way in which each of them made me feel a level of safety that I didn't even know was possible for me took time with me in a way that I'd never experienced before and also like offered pleasure in a way I'd never experienced before was honestly so healing to the point where um, I had emotional releases through sexual or intimate experiences with them because it was so profound. And, you know, in reading the book Vagina, which I highly recommend, 
I just like, oh, I wept through some of it. Like there's a whole chapter on on trauma and like sexual trauma and how that impacts the brain. And it's all about like the nervous system and the brain vagina connection and so much more. But I was like, why is this not taught in schools? Like, why did younger me not have this wisdom? Why is this like, I, you know, like for the quote conscious or those who have the privilege to like read something like that. So I am totally with you in this. And, and I'll also say, like you were saying on your walk, you were thinking about like, oh, um, you know, just be yourself or be authentic. When I was walking in to set up to chat with you, I was thinking about like, oh, Casey, you better remember to say something about a trigger warning because like sex is like a, uh, it could be a triggering topic. And then I thought about it and I'm like, literally every podcast I've recorded so far could be a triggering topic for someone, mm. you know? And I guess I'm, I'm trusting the sovereignty of the beings listening to this and honoring that they, and suggesting and inviting them to take care of themselves, you know, like you can turn this off if you want to, but also like take care of your own heart and lean into your edges if it feels safe enough to do so. Um, because we're here to, I think, I think about my core purpose statement, illuminate truth. And yours is to create refuge. So like, maybe we can do that together and create something that is safe and illuminating for the person who needs to hear it right now. Including ourselves. <laughs> totally. I, yeah. I'm already feeling like a little bit healed. <laughs> yeah. Oh, something yeah. magic happens when we when we look at these things. Um, and I'm actually right now looking at a beautiful like mandala drawing uh, that mm -hmm. one of my lovers has done for me. And it is a yoni, which is the, I suppose, Sanskrit or yogic term for the entire female anatomy, uh, reproductive anatomy, mainly the uh, vulva and labia. And on it, she wrote an altar where my lovers worship. And mm. to me, this is what the vulva, the labia, the yoni is, you know, um, to, to kind of maybe gender it for, for a bit, like it is the portal through which all life comes, you know, how mm. can you not have respect and reverence for this? Yeah, mystical at times, miraculous. Um, I don't even know what noun to call it. Um, portal. Yeah, every <laughs> portal is probably the the best word to use. As you're saying, I don't even know what noun to call it. I'm like part. No, <laughs> you know, like there's just like not a word that I think is rich with the energy of that reverence. You know, it's hard to find words for a part of the body literally like you said through which all life comes yeah and another part says a temple a playground a blossoming mm. mandala of soft flesh wow that's turning me on a little bit good oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, um Jeannie, how often are you to sharing like a little bit of your own journey, like with your body? And I think, I don't know, it's like it is a journey with the body. But then I think like exploring sex and sexuality is a whole other level of embodiment and a whole other level of healing. But like what feels important in this moment in terms of 
how you would describe your journey, your your own sexuality journey? Mm. Um, I always, for the last maybe, so I'm coming up to being 37. And for probably 34 to 35 years of my life, I would mm-hmm. have called myself like not that sexual. Wow. And it, I know that's a shock to you. <laughs> I'm like, huh? What? what? Um, but looking back now, I was incredibly sexual, but repressed it because I was told constantly by my environment, society, religion, that it was wrong. And mm-hmm. looking back, I have I have memories of like self-pleasuring at like six, seven, eight. You know, I have memories of like, you know, kissing the back of my hand or, you know, with friends of mine, we would like link our finger, our baby fingers around each other and kiss our own finger, pretending we were kissing kind of, you know, right. Um, and like even saying that out loud now, I'm like, oh, is that wrong? But I, I bet most people listening have some sort of similar, perhaps, memory. Um, and I think growing up with, um, I suppose, with the mother who had really low self-esteem, our house was full of love, like bursting with love. Like everyone was always welcome in our home, um, you know, we used to always have people who were in trouble would come to our home and they would find refuge there. But mm-hmm. unfortunately, my mom had really low self-esteem for many different reasons, um, including at a very young age, same age as I am now, having lost one of her entire breasts. She had breast cancer, mm-hmm. um, which I can't imagine what that does to your sense of femininity and pleasure and enjoyment of your body. Um, and so without, it wasn't her fault, but I was being constantly fed this narrative of, I hate my body. I hate my body. I hate my body. It's not, it's not what society thinks it should be. I'm not pretty, you know, all of this thing. And that, that has an effect. Um, and so in my mind, the body wasn't something to be enjoyed. It wasn't something to have pleasure in. Um, it was something to control food so that you looked a certain way, you know, uh, it was something to be approved of by others. So it wasn't yours. It was something that other people dictated whether it was good or bad. Um, and then I suppose growing up as you come into the early teens and things become a bit more sexual, There was definitely a fear in me of letting people in and letting people become close. And so I always did the push people away. So any guy who came and like approached me, I used to be like, nope. Um, Very much kept my body to myself. And yes, I kissed boys and I kissed my friends. I kissed female friends, but probably not in a romantic way at the time. Um... And then I suppose as as lots of my friends started to lose their virginity, I'm going to use that term, I suppose started to have intercourse and, and more intimate touch for the first time. There was something about me, I just didn't trust another person to do that. And so I didn't lose my virginity till I was 21, 
which again was another reason why in my mind I told myself I wasn't sexual or that I wasn't, you know, that free. Whereas looking back, it was all I thought about and it was all I craved and want, not all, but it was a lot of what I craved and wanted. Um, and so again, I had this narrative of, you know, I'm not as sexual as my friends or I'm not as sexual as my peers. Um, and then even after age 21, I very rarely had casual sex. I, it was very much in a relationship when I really trusted and liked someone. Um, and I won't go into the reasons behind that, but there was, you know, lots of trust issues with men. And um, in a way, maybe looking back, I can reframe it to be that I had quite a lot of sovereignty with my body. Um, but I think in my mind, it was actually a control thing of I'm going to control who's who's here and who's who gets, you know, to experience different things. Um, and I suppose for most of my, actually for all of my 20s and early 30s, I would have considered myself heterosexual. Um, and I have so many friends who aren't heterosexual, but I don't think I ever gave myself permission to explore anything further than that. Um, and it wasn't a repressed thing. It wasn't like I was hiding this part of myself. Um, but I really think that because I, because I was often attracted to men, in my mind, I was heterosexual. Um, and it wasn't until I was like in my, even just a few years ago, I started to meet people who were bisexual, biromantic, bisensual, uh, maybe some people identify as pansexual or demisexual, where the gender doesn't necessarily play a huge role. And I think the more I began to love my body for this beautifully functioning, as opposed to what it looks like, uh, um, gift, I was like, ah, oh, I can now appreciate other bodies, whether they're in a male presenting, female presenting, whatever uh, body. And it, it was like, it was like opening Pandora's box for me. <laughs> it was like, wow. Wow. <laughs> well, I keep oh. You're giving me chills. <laughs> Good. You're giving me chills. I don't want to interrupt you. You said, will I keep going? Keep going. Yes, okay. yes, yes. I'm just checking. You can hear me and everything. Okay. Um, and yeah, it's, it's been such a beautiful journey. Um, journey sometimes that word is so overused but um <laughs> of just absolute exploration and I was having a chat with a dear dear sister of mine um who has really helped me in this journey actually um she does a lot of female sensuality embodiment yoni circles and I think because I never really adored or worshipped my own yoni that I didn't think I could do that to another and as soon as I like developed this beautifully intimate relationship with my own and actually started to love it for what it was and what it does as opposed to oh that looks different to pictures I've seen or porn I've seen I started to really love my own yoni and then I thought oh my god I could love another yoni and I think in my very recent exploration with women oh my god it is so beautiful it's such a it's such a do you know what it feels like it feels like I've been eating Italian food for 34 years five years and suddenly I've uh, gone to like a world 
cuisine festival. <laughs> and you know, Italian's pretty good. It's exactly. And, yeah, nothing wrong with Italian food. <laughs> uh, wow. You know, maybe I will, you know, I want to check in with you. Is there, there more you want to say right now? Or can I, can I interject and, yeah, go, and go, then go. continue yeah. the story? Jeannie, I'm having this moment listening to you where, you know, I've known you since 2017. We've become so, so close in the last few years, especially over the pandemic when we were supposed to facilitate that retreat in India and then we didn't. And, you know, we've been catching up, talking like every week, if not every day. And I didn't know how deeply our journeys mirrored each other to this extent. I had, I didn't know, like I was nodding my head through all of what you were sharing, including the like childhood experiences when you were talking about like linking pinkies and pretending to like kiss each other through kissing each other's hand or whatever. A memory came to mind of being probably around like seven or eight and being at a friend's place and being playing in her basement and then suddenly we like had this sort of fashion show we were like playing dress up and had this fashion show and then the fashion show turned into like stripping down the runway you know (laughs) and it was all pretend right but I remember feeling like something in my body when I watched my friend take her clothes off that I don't know how to describe it with words, but I was young. Mm -hmm. And I think that experience of like shutting off a part of myself, the experience of like not having a good relationship with my body. I mean, for me, my story was around like having an eating disorder when I was younger um, and then carrying on this, this journey with my own body. I feel like coming back into my body and loving my own body has totally opened up who and what I can appreciate as well. And that is so liberating. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, obviously that's a brief story, but so many elements of what you're talking about, I relate with so hard. And especially the connection, the connection between self-appreciation, body appreciation. Like I remember it was only probably within the last five or six years that I took a mirror to my own yoni, to my own like vulva and saw what it looked like. I'd never even seen it before, you know? And it's like, holy shit, I'm in my late twenties and I don't even know what my own vulva looks like. And I haven't even like appreciated it. Uh It's like wild to me. Um, So I I don't know. I'm just, yeah. I'm just feeling so grateful for this conversation, but yeah, say what you want to say. Just, you know, I had this chat with a friend recently, very similar thing. It's like we hadn't ever seen our vulva or like, you know, like actually appreciated it. And then we just burst out laughing because we were like, I bet you every person with a dick, a cock, whatever you want to call it, has intimately studied there. (laughs) And and other men too. Yeah. And other men, like think about like dressing room, you know, it's like, I don't know, I have, I have a couple of guy friends live, that live down the way and it's like, I don't know, they're always walking around naked in their house, and, yeah. you know, like it's interesting, you know, whereas I was the person in the change room that was like making sure I was so covered up. I was so yeah. like not comfortable with my own body. Mm-hmm. Um, my sexuality was shamed overtly covertly who knows like I didn't feel comfortable I didn't know what to do when I got my period 
You know, I had to like fiddle with a tampon and I thought even using a tampon was bad because my mom had told me I should use pads. And I thought it was like uh, a religious thing, like a sin if I wanted to use a tampon, you know? And so it's like, wow, when we start from that perspective of this experience of like something about my body is wrong and then finally go on a healing journey and find like moment after moment of deeper embodiment, deeper liberation you know, exploring sexuality, I think, takes embodiment deeper. Like, this is so connected (laughs) to the journey of being fully an expressed, actualized human is connecting with and loving your body and your sexuality. Yeah. Oh, and it's my, it's my wish for everyone because there's another beautiful book called Sex at Dawn. And it's written by a psychiatrist and an evolutionary psychologist. And they mm. go into like the um the like the biochemistry of our sexuality as well as the anthropology of it and the evolutionary psychology of it. And it one of the lines in the book just hit me so hard. It said, in every culture, in every corner of the world regardless of religion, society, political standing, people have sex. People use their bodies for pleasure. And in parts of the world where it is punishable by death, by public stoning, it's punishable Mm. to have sex outside of marriage or to have an affair. People still do it. Therefore, Mm. it is such an innate and intrinsic part of who we are that if we remove all of the shame, all of the taboo, and just encourage and allow people to honor the sacredness of our bodies when they're exploring for pleasure, whether it's with yourself, two people, three people, a hundred people. Um, like you, you can't, you can't stem that power. It's that strong. It's that in mm. it. Mm. Yeah. Speaking of power, I mentioned earlier that the, you know, I, first off, thank you for sharing that part of that book. It's like so beautiful. Um, and that part about power at the end made me think about how when I have a really safe and connected, intimate experience sexually, for like a week after, I am productive, efficient. I feel like a powerhouse. I feel like Wonder Woman. I feel like a creative fucking genius. I connect with my clients better. I write like like I channel wisdom. Do you have that experience as well after a really beautiful uh, connecting sexual experience that it it like expands your life force? A hundred percent. And I'm just smiling here, ear to ear, remembering one particular moment. Um, I'd had like pretty much just a week of pleasure, <laughs> to be honest, uh, which was absolutely gorgeous. And I was meeting friends that Friday um, for dinner and it was a really crowded like pub. And I'm not joking. I walked and the crowd parted. Like I felt like, like people Genie were- parts yeah. the Red Sea. <laughs> People were stepping out of my way and it wasn't in a like me being in a forceful get out of my way. I'm a power bitch way. It was like it was like, like you said, my life force was so expansive 
people felt me coming before I did, you know. Um, mm. And my friend said, whoa. <laughs> and it was lovely. They reflected back. They were like, look, how, look at how powerful you are. And I was like, yeah, you know. Um, yeah. And, and this all ties back around to if that power isn't used with reverence and respect, it can be dangerous. And that was the part that was shunned and shamed and tried to be pushed down by society, the church, religion, because anything that has that much power can bring about fear if it's not understood, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like, just like I believe that incredible heart-centered, you know, women, non-binary uh, BIPOC people who have traditionally been marginalized, just like I believe that if those people became rich mm-hmm. and had their hearts aligned with dismantling systems of oppression and expanding love in the world, that money would just amplify that cause. It's like money is power and mm-hmm wealth in the hands of those who are doing good equals more good in the world. I think it's similar that like this power sexually, um, that energy, that creative sexual life force energy um, in the hands of people doing good will only amplify the goodness, you know, and it also makes sense historically and in a patriarchal society that that's scary as fuck, aka witches get burned at the stake, you know, powerful liberated women yeah you know? and let's not discount that from our own journeys and and those listening especially if you grew up in a catholic or even christian society where sex was shamed sex was controlled uh women were shamed and controlled um and even way back ancestrally um you know where like you said witches were burned at the stake and and the term witch being probably one who had you know uh, harnessed their power um, and actually something that's just come to mind I remember reading and I I don't have a quote or, or reference quite yet but um, that the word spinster was initially a really like positive term that mm. um, described a woman who was so good at spinning yarn she didn't need to marry for financial security um, and I love that because so often the term spinster is used negatively. Um, and I even think virgin was used as one who controlled their sexual power or one who didn't just give it away, you know, willy nilly, pun intended. Um, <laughs> but had reverence and sovereignty around it, you know? Right. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that remind, reminds me, I think way back, I, I had the book that's called Spinster. That's like about that. It's about being a, you know, like powerful, strong, independent woman and owning it, kind of reclaiming that word. Mm. And even full circling around that, which is where I feel I'm coming to at the moment of, yes, being that and knowing you don't need another to provide for you financially or secure wise. But then surrendering into your feminine and receiving when someone comes into your life that wants to give to you, you know, Mm. Um, because so often we can get stuck in that 
which is more airing into the shadow masculine or the unhealthy masculine of, I don't need anyone. I don't need anything. I've got this, you know, and it doesn't allow mm-hmm. us to receive and you, you, you have to receive pleasure as well as give pleasure. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. That reminds me of a, a friend of mine. Her name is Leah Lake and she is a love and relationships guide. She, uh, When I first met her, she very much talked about masculine and feminine energy quite a bit. And lately she's been talking a lot about the integrated woman and attracting an mm-hmm. integrated partner. And she sent out an email recently that I read that was about being on your life raft, like stay on your own life raft, take care of your own needs on your life raft. Raft. And what you want is someone else to float up on their life raft and to like maybe tether to each other, but you each stay on your own life raft. So you get to like be together and co-create together and uh, have a healthy dynamic, but you're not pulling that person onto your life raft or you're not jumping over onto his. You each have your own and you're floating along in a like mutually beneficial way. And I just love that analogy and, you know, have learned so much from from Leah and other people like Taryn, our last week's uh, podcast guest about just healthy relationships and healthy dynamics among people. Um, so, mm-hmm. yeah, I think I think, you know, I I definitely have self-identified as well as. Um, other people have identified me as like a strong, independent woman, you know, and I would imagine that you have had similar experiences of that type of identification. And sometimes, sometimes what that means is like, I, I'll speak from the eye, I am perceived as like intimidating to other people and, and, or what I've realized recently is recently being the last few years is that I don't think I really did know what true vulnerability was. And I think my heart was armored. And I think part of the strong independent woman archetype did come from a place of like fear of vulnerability or fear of that hurt. And and I think on my own journey, <laughs> that is such an overused word, <laughs> um, healing and expanding and integrating journey, I would say that this being in this place of feeling owning my strong independent womanness and having a soft heart, a soft and open heart to receive connection and intimacy, even when it's scary. Um, I feel like that integration is happening happening more for me. And and I think in the past couple of years, um, I didn't realize, to be honest, how traumatized I was around sex and sexuality. Like, it's just been in recent years that I've been healing from experiences of rape, experiences of betrayal, experiences of like really seeing why and having compassion for the part of me that had had to armor up her heart in order to survive in the world when it came to intimacy and relationships. And the the healing around that has felt uh, terrible in some moments as well as like liberating. And I don't know, you and I both are, are committed to a journey of self-actualization or, you know, without forgetting to have fun and being human. Right. <laughs> but it's, it's just like amazing to me, the unfolding of my own journey. Mm. Yeah. And I just want to give, armored Casey like this biggest hug and be like well done you kept yourself safe like you used 
the tools you needed to keep yourself safe in that moment. And also right. well done for allowing that armor to come down even just a little bit because that's scary, especially if it's been there for so long. Um, mm-hmm. And like you said, that's hard, but then it can be so beautiful as well. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, I totally resonate with that. You know, like, like I said at the start, just pushing everyone away. If they don't come close, they can't hurt me, you know? Um, and yeah, even in a sexual way, like I used to either have to be drunk or the lights off or, you know, in a really trusting, committed relationship, um, you know, to even be naked or, you know, and yeah, it's it's often the case for some people for life. So high five, <laughs> you know, we're mm-hmm. we're we're figuring it out as we go and it and it's beautiful. Um, oh, yeah, I love morning sex in the daylight with my oh. In the nude, bod. Yes. You know? Morning is my favorite. But yeah, I totally relate with you. And thank you for that, like, compassionate share about armored case. Like, thank you, thank you, thank you, little case, for doing mm-hmm. what you needed to to keep me safe. And I fucking love that version of me, you know? And I'm so grateful that she's been open to healing and letting go and opening up and having a like mushy gushy soft tender heart mm. yeah. with without losing the part of me that has my own fucking back like also don't fuck with me right mm. like i'm going to be open and soft and heart centered and if i'm at risk like i think that's what allows me to be open and soft and heart centered is knowing that i trust myself enough to um have boundaries and to say what I need um, and stand up for myself mm-hmm. when that's called for, you know? And in any second, at any moment, you have so many tools to get yourself out of a situation that no longer feels safe, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, which is, which is gorgeous to think. You know, it's almost like you're packing for, I don't know, like a, a camping trip and it's like, are you really going to go right deep into the woods if you don't have all the equipment you need you know to keep yourself dry and warm um yeah (laughs) Mm -hmm. well and I'm also gonna go slowly and maybe meet up with the folks that I'm going into the woods with a few times beforehand and like I feel I feel like part of what helps my heart stay open is slowing down the process. And I've sort of realized that in the past, I just like went too all in too soon. And so, and then there'd be this rebound effect. And I think that for me, the integrated way is like slowing it down. There's not a rush. And, and what I know about myself is like, man, if I, if I never partnered and if I just like lived my life as I do today for the rest of my life, like that would be pretty damn good. So it's like, it feels so beautiful to not have this attachment to like needing or gripping for um, something from another person. um, Because I really do feel like I've learned how to provide for myself in a way that feels nourishing and keeps me loving my life whether single or partnered you know oh my whole body just softened because again such a parallel I feel like it's only in the last few months I've got there um I think I've always been very graspy with relationships and with even with lovers um and I had a really beautiful moment of realization that I'd love to share 
um, on this recent training that I did, which was all around sacred mm. sexuality, spirituality and kind of shamanic experiences. Um, and they use, they use the term sex as in S-S-S-E-X, which is sacred, spiritual, shamanic, erotic experiences, I think is, is mm. and I won't go into the details of it, but, um, you know, there, there was intimate experiences happening. And I feel mm -hmm. like a, a lot of people really jumped in, you know, with this kind of graspy mentality of this is my only chance to have these sacred connected experiences with people. And I just had this beautiful moment. And I know it's really smug, <laughs> but I was just sitting, observing and just being so content sitting. And I had like two beautiful souls on either side of me and we were chatting and connecting and I just had this moment of, I'm 36. I have my whole life ahead of me to have the most beautiful connected experiences with people. In this moment, I don't feel that connected to any one person that I want to do anything right now. Um, and I feel like if I had gone and done that training, even a year or two years before, I would have been jumping into all of these things, you know, and not actually getting much from it you know um and i'm the exact same i i joke to my sister that like i i love being you know the crazy wild auntie who every christmas is going to have a new partner or <laughs> you know have a new story or um <laughs> be the kind of <laughs> now equally if i if my partner are beautiful you know i'm not adverse to that at all um but yeah, it's just having options and knowing that, yeah, that you can, you can, and you know this, and a lot of people listening know it too, you can have an incredibly deep connection with someone you meet once, you know, it's like, mm -hmm. that, that might be, that might be enough. And that kind of satisfied, mm, relinquish, relinquished, is that a word? Is coming to mind I, yes yeah yes, yes. that kind of relinquished sense of like i have everything i need and i can provide everything i need and then if someone or someone's adds to that such a boner mm, yeah like icing on the cake yeah you make me smile so fucking big genie <laughs> i just think you are such a stunning goddess inside and out and i'm like so grateful that we have connected and have this like sisterhood that's like mutually expansive and raw and honest and authentic and fun and silly and like the shit we talk about on whatsapp day to day <laughs> such a gift weren't you um, saying you look back through our media files and you were like fuck <laughs> <laughs> yeah we have like day-to-day -day photos that we send back and forth like you and your what do you call it that little garden space what do you call it with your two friends that you go to where the dome, there's like a dome. Do you know what I'm talking about? It's like a oh. greenhouse kind of. Oh, the polytunnel. The polytunnel, yes. Yeah. When you first told me about the polytunnel, I thought you were talking about polyamorous relationships. Like, what is this thing? Tell me more about the <laughs> polytunnel. <laughs> and it's like a it's like a greenhouse garden or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway, we have we have like photos from your polytunnel and like photos, I don't know probably me and dinner in the tub uh, <laughs> to like, I don't know, just everything. 
pictures back and forth that it they're so playful and yeah. serious and you know circling back to the very beginning where we talked about um diversity and polarities embodied you know seeming polarities it's like we're multidimensional and get to be all of those things and get to have mm. relationships that are authentic. And, you know, I appreciate so much about you that you respect and value and amplify all of those parts of me uh, equally, you know, it's mm. just so beautiful. And coming right back to the start, like this is love, you know, like this is uh, like love between us, love for our bodies love for the world, love for exploration, love for the journey, um, you know. Love for food, love, love for, for touch, love, love for, for all things sensual. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so gorgeous. Mm. Yeah. I, I, I just, oh, I feel as though we will have many more of these conversations, you know, depending on how you listener respond to this, like, you know, I'm just here to serve you. So if you have feedback, if you like this, let, let me know. I'll have more conversations with Jeannie any day. Um, but I just want to thank you for being here with me and taking this time and bearing with the different tech issues we had at the start oh, um, that's i just so appreciate you oh thank yeah. you and like i said i just felt so safe and knew and do you know what i wasn't actually that aware that we were recording if that makes sense in a good way you know mm -hmm. it was just like mm -hmm. yeah us sharing and chatting which is always gorgeous mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so beautiful yeah. um what do you have coming up for the holiday season um, I will be with my beautiful family. Um, mm -hmm. and then for New Year's, I am actually going to a beautiful, um, kind of, um, I'm going to a beautiful, a tantric experience actually with mm -hmm. um, a lover of mine and some other beautiful, seeking, gorgeous friends. So I'm really looking forward to that. I've never quite enjoyed New Year's Eve and I feel like this is going to be a really present, really grounded, gorgeous celebration of life and beauty. Mm. Wow. Mm. I can't wait to hear more about that. Yeah. Part two. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. I love it. Yeah. Ooh. Okay, my dear, I will chat with you probably tonight and tomorrow and the next day and next week <laughs> and you know the conversation shall continue <laughs>